Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you in part by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code SGP to get a free million-dollar shot in total prizes for this weekend with UFC 252 contests. That promo code is SGP to get a free shot at $1 bucks with your first deposit only with DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, or any other betting action? Well, you need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to BetQL.co and enter the code SGP20 for a 20% off discount on your first subscription. That's BetQL.co and the promo code SGP20. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Oh, we are back with so much to get to and discuss here on the latest version of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs normally, typically. There's nothing normal about 2020, though, right now. We're just all trying to make do. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe through the mayhem and the chaos in real life and even in sports. We do have some sports back, which we're obviously thankful for. Uh, And we're trying to figure out what does football look like, and in particular, what does college football look like. I'm going to spend a lot of time on that with our guests as we go along. Anyway, glad that you found us however you did so, wherever you did so, either through a social media link or through our uh, friends with the Sports Gambling Podcast uh, network of shows on their feed or on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Thank you for hanging out here on Three Dog Thursday, where we typically will be talking about lots and lots of underdog predictions. That's what we do. Now, what you can do to help us in the short term is subscribe to this podcast. However you found it, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. subscribe away here, and that will help the show coming automatically to you on Thursday. That way you don't have to remember what's going on. Uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. The show comes to you with the great guests and the great info, the insight, the humor, and the very latest on everything going on heading towards the weekend. And hopefully lots and lots and lots of football weekends will be coming as August turns to September and beyond, not just college football but the NFL uh, as well. So again, subscribe, do that, uh, and we would love to have you. Also, find the YouTube page. we got the YouTube roundtable coming up a little bit later on. The Three Dog Thursday YouTube page is out there. Just search under Three Dog Thursday, and you can see that portion of the podcast uh, as well. Uh, love to have you subscribe on the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page. You may have found that through a social media link as well. It always helps to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Okay, those two things out of the way. Let's get to uh, the biggest news items here. Yes, there are sports advancing on that have been playing in bubbles like the NBA and the NHL. My Lord, the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey game, game number one of their best of seven with Columbus, a team that ousted the Lightning a year ago after the Lightning had the best regular season ever uh, in the National Hockey League. They set the record uh, for the most wins in an 82-game season. Uh, A fantastic year. And then gets swept by the eight-seed Columbus. Didn't win a game, not a zip-zero Didn't win a game. Humiliation for John Cooper, the coach. For Steven Stamkos, the captain. For uh, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, the outstanding young goalie, the Russian goalie. I mean, it was a humiliating four-game loss to the former coach of the Lightning, the former Stanley Cup winning coach, John Tortorella, who's bounced around since he was at the Lightning. He's, He's bounced around from the Rangers to Vancouver to Columbus. 
Well, he got the last laugh on the Lightning a year ago with a four-game sweep, a humiliating four-game sweep. Now the same two teams are playing in the bubble in Toronto. Game number one goes to not one, not two, but five overtimes, a second full game, and then two more periods being played before the Lightning's Braden Point won the game almost from the point with a blast past the Columbus goalie. And so game one goes to the Lightning. So at the time that we're taping, game two to be played on Thursday afternoon, Three Dog Thursday, as it stands right now, uh, for this series, this best of seven. Who's going to have any legs left? And plus, the Columbus Blue Jackets had been playing a ton of close games with Toronto in their first best of five series, uh, including overtime games. And so how, how much do they have left in the tank? We'll find out. So there's playoff hockey in the bubbles. There's basketball coming to a close. And we're about to talk about that with our first guest, Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com. He's going to talk about the race in the West in the bubble in Orlando for the NBA between Portland, between Memphis and San Antonio and Phoenix. How about the Phoenix Suns perfecto right now in the Orlando bubble? So we've got the hockey, we've got the basketball. Baseball has righted the ship somewhat from positive coronavirus tests. Uh, A credit to Rob Manfred, the owners, the players, they're persevering on and playing games. It's still a mess with the schedule and trying to reschedule games right now, including the seven-inning doubleheaders, which I'm not a big fan of. But hey, the Tampa Bay Rays are rolling suddenly head-to-head. It's all Tampa Bay right now themed on this show. We haven't even got to my Buccaneers and Tom Brady, of which I'm part of the Buccaneer radio broadcast coming up in the NFL season. But the Rays doing damage, winning three out of four against New York, doing damage again at Fenway Park, beating the Red Sox uh, right now. So it's pretty good to be a Tampa Bay sports fan right about now with these sports. Great golf last weekend. We're going to tell a story about Dustin Johnson and a wager gone wrong for the PGA Championship. What went right was a dramatic finish, even without Tiger Woods. Colin Morikawa is the rookie golfer that won the PGA Championship, and he is sizzling right now. I just I fear that the expectations are going to be everywhere. Again, not unlike Jordan Spieth, not unlike Rory McIlroy and the other young golfers that burst on the scene and win a major or two or three, that we all got to mention the name Tiger Woods. That because they win one or two in their early 20s, they're going to win 15 or 17 of them for their career. It ain't that easy, folks. And the field is so deep in golf, it's going to be tough. And the PGA Tour playoffs are coming. And remember, a September United States Open that's usually played in June. It's been delayed to September at famed Wingfoot Golf Club. They'll play that one without fans coming in September. So the golf is still ongoing uh, as well. So there's a there's a lot uh, to be thankful that we have on the tube day and night weekday basketball weekday hockey weekday golf I mean we had we had like a a, a buffet last week where about four weekdays in a row you had nonstop games in the afternoon Eastern time and the early evening it is like March Madness in that regard it's going to slow down a little bit because the NBA playoffs will play at night primarily the NHL playoffs will begin to play at night coming up but for right now we'll still savor for the next few days weekday stuff going on in these bubbles and with these different games all right so that being said before we get to our guests just a couple of quick comments you probably know by now that the big 10 and the pac-12 in college football have decided they're not going to play for this season and you're going to hear me discuss this with Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com straight ahead. And then my roundtable guest, Dan Leach, from 97.1 The Ticket, the FM sports radio station in Detroit. Big, Big Ten market there in Detroit. He's going to give you some insight. Matt Zimmick of TrojanWire.com, the USA Today. Uh, Trojan's uh, website, uh, longtime college football writer and voice. He's got some insight from Phoenix, Arizona, where he's based. And my buddy, Chris Stewart. Chris Stewart uh, has been with the Alabama football and basketball programs for the better part of 25 years. He's got some SEC insight. Love his insight. He's the host of the Nick Saban Show. We're going to kick around these decisions made by the Big Ten and by the Pac-12 to not play with the different guests. But I will say this in advance of that. First of all, it's fluid. Things could change. We, we might see some Big Ten teams that go ahead and say, the heck with this. We are going to go ahead and play. You can't tell me that statement that Jim Harbaugh released on Monday. 
in advance of the Big Ten shutting down isn't an indication that they're just going to go away quietly and not play games this year. Powerful Michigan, powerful Ohio State still want to play and are saying so. What does that look like? Do they have to put a hodgepodge schedule together of Big 12 teams, American Conference teams, Conference USA group of five, Sunbelt group of five? Who are they all going to be able to play to fill out an 8, 10, 12 game schedule for these different schools? So it is fluid, uh, but I I will further say this, and I have said it consistently on this podcast throughout the spring turning to the summer here. When it's reasonable to return, when when the, uh, the medical experts, when those that are involved with these leagues and sports, when they all come to an understanding about what is reasonable in terms of testing, in terms of social distancing, in terms of risk, et cetera, then these decisions should be made based on what is reasonable, what is safe, what are the people that are involved, what do they want to do? And clearly, you've got a unifying front of players saying with the hashtag, we want to play, they want to play. And if it's safe enough to do so, then I I am all for it just from the standpoint that there's going to be risk everywhere you go. And and for these campuses that are going to be open with in-building learning, not virtual learning, with students everywhere, when you're going to have This is indisputable. This is irrefutable. And then we'll move on to the guests. If you're going to have players of these different sports who are going to be around on campus, who are going to be around students and maybe themselves who have the coronavirus, who have COVID-19, and they're asymptomatic and don't know they have it yet, they are worse off not being with their program, with their doctors, with their trainers, with the frequent testing that these programs have been doing that will tell them, you have COVID-19, you are a potential spreader, you are a potential problem for everybody around you. And so it's completely hypocritical, 1,000% hypocritical To say it's unsafe, there's a word, unsafe for these guys to go play college football, but it is actually safe for them to still be around campus, not be tested through their football program if that is the case, not have readily available medical personnel to help them if they get it readily because you're canceling the football season. So it's crazy. It's it's illogical in a lot of ways. And it smacks of the Big Ten presidents and the Pac-12 presidents panicking right after them of just that, of panicking, of nervous Nelly panicking rather than playing wait and see. Wait and see what if you begin to practice and play and you suddenly have dozens and dozens and dozens in outbreaks all over the country, then who's going to have an argument to say you shouldn't shut down? Or you shouldn't pause. No one has that argument. You doing this in advance? I saw somebody use the analogy of the Titanic. That the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are somehow avoiding the iceberg that the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are headed for. Well, that is one way to describe it here as we debut Three Dog Thursday on August the 13th. But how about if we describe it this way? What if the iceberg is the financial ruin of the athletic departments of the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and we don't know what the future is and how much this is going to impact their total athletic department, not just football, but all of their sports, all of their Olympic sports, their non-revenue producing sports, sports that make them no money like volleyball, uh, like track, like wrestling that make no money softball on and on and on that make zero for you the economic devastation that is potentially looming by not playing by not taking the reasonable risk the calculated risk the safest we can be risk that may be the iceberg what if the real iceberg is not playing what if The pilots of the boat, the SEC, the Big 12, and the ACC are right about playing and salvaging the season and not having the outbreaks and being able to handle it. And the real iceberg is the Big 10 and the Pac-12 sinking themselves athletically with what they've done, damaging themselves for years to come. And I don't think that's an over-exaggeration by deciding to do what they do. There are all kinds of other repercussions from transferring of players, from a television, 
from what happens if some schools want to break from your league now because of what you did? Let's see. Let's see how it plays out. Let's see what the true iceberg is. We're going to discuss it with the guests as we go along. It is Three Dog Thursday. A lot on the college football. Brian Edwards is also going to be talking some NBA, some UFC. We got the roundtable coming up with Dan Leach from Detroit, Matt Zimmick from Phoenix, Chris Stewart from Birmingham, Alabama. I look forward to talking with all of them. I thank you for hanging out with me here as we roll on. Looking for those underdogs, looking for those games. Here we go. Oh, he's been raring to go for about 48 hours to talk this college football stuff. Love Brian Edwards' insight on all things, but specifically the college football game is right in the wheelhouse, and he's about to hit some fastballs right down the middle uh, here about belt high coming up to mix my metaphors. Uh, Brian from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider back on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. All right, first of all, we're all going to take a deep breath. (sighs) All right, so we've taken the deep breath, and now it's time to unload. No Big Ten, no Pac-12 for right now. We're teetering about whether the other leagues are going to hold firm. For now, the SEC, ACC, Big 12 looks like they will. We're going to talk much more about this with our roundtable later in the podcast. You get first licks, though, my friend, on coming in here. Your reaction to all of this, what about it? Oh man, what just just f them, <laughs> f the Big Ten and f the Pac twelve. Um, eight of my top twenty five teams in my preseason power rankings are gone, but only eight. And there is another conference. Well, there's more than one conference, but another conference that should be noted is that the AAC is still planning on moving forward, and if the the season progresses into late October, early November without uh, too many hiccups that make it untenable. And it appears as if we're going to finish the season. Uh, maybe the college football playoffs decides that the winner of the AAC maybe gets a bid. And I would not be overly opposed to that because I have Memphis number 23. I have Cincinnati number 18. I have UCF number 29 i think they have three and then the rest of the league is you know top 40 to 50 teams so you know uh smu went 10 and 3 last year returns shane buchel you know formerly of texas uh there's some good teams in the aac so maybe the aac gets a piece of the pie um in some way shape or form we got a lot of uh tests uh, to get through and games, right. et cetera, to even get to that point. But I think it's worth noting that the AAC is still in play. Well, and, and the one thing that we don't know with all the fluidity, and we're going to talk about this uh, throughout this podcast in the coming few days, and again, you may know some of the changes that Brian and I don't know, and when we get to the roundtable, there may be changes uh, after we put the podcast out for Three Dog Thursday on Thursday that we don't know. But for right now, we don't know, can the AAC teams maybe get some games if some Big Ten schools want to play? The AAC may bolster its schedule hypothetically hypothetically with the likes of Nebraska or Iowa if they're trying to play. Or wow, if Michigan and Ohio State decide they're wanting to play. American Conference schools, like you mentioned, Cincinnati, Houston, Memphis, UCF, USF, schools like that, uh, they they may be the beneficiary and get to p- beneficiaries plural and get to play several big time opponents um, and, and obviously the Big Ten the uh, the Pac twelve not having teams in there that means the the potential is very large for the ACC with Clemson the SEC at least one team the Big Twelve maybe with one team for one of those conferences to get a second team potentially in the college football playoff again all of this fluid. But it's not it's not as if you don't have some opportunity here if you've got at least three of the power five playing, Brian, is the point. Yeah, yeah. And I guess let me take back what I said, you know, if if Florida, the second SEC team, would get left out compared to Cincinnati, I, I don't <laughs> probably I not. <laughs> but God, you know, it'd be a great year to have an eight team playoff though. Definitely put an AAC in there. And if Texas and Oklahoma only lose to each other you can have both of them and you know uh, whatever alabama lsu or, or or florida uh alabama or what lsu georgia and then uh well 
Well, North Carolina is that, that second team in the ACC I like. Um, right. But, yeah. And yeah, a lot of people and just, a lot of people are pointing to the Big 12 on could there be a second team out of there? Probably not likely, but we'll see. We'll see what we get and we'll see if the Big 12 holds firm or not. Uh, we believe the SEC and the ACC will hold firm and much more discussion on this as we uh, as we go along here. I, I am of the opinion, I hear it with you as well. If it's reasonable, if it's safe to do this, uh, that that some is better than nothing. And I believe it will be borne out as we go along. Again, I'm on the front end of making predictions and opinion here. It will be borne out that you will be able to play maybe with delay. Maybe there will have to be a delay, Brian, but you will be able to play. And I'm totally on board with the argument that Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh, and many others are articulating that the players are not more safe away from the football program, away from the testing, away from the trainers, the doctors, and everybody involved. They're actually safer around that i'm in agreement with that i know you're most likely i believe you are in agreement with that same thing a million percent and that's why you don't cancel this early and that's why you you try to play and and also uh, you know i think we've mentioned how now it you know if a tragedy of like a 60 year old offensive coordinator or assistant were to get it and then end up dying i would say in that you know a month or two ago that would end up canceling the season but we know from data and stats that the chances of one of these elite athletes in great condition, uh, the chances of them even being hospitalized, much less dying from COVID-19 are about the same as them being struck by lightning. And so we all, we've always known there's going to be an asterisk by this season. So why not at least try to carry on again, if it becomes untenable, then it is, and, and it'll get canceled. There's no reason to postpone this early. And then it, what really makes me miffed with the Big Ten and Pac-12, they're throwing out this narrative, we're going to play in the spring. Yeah, right. You're going <laughs> to make football players play in the spring and then the fall again? And the physical toll that would take on them? And then oh, oh, in Michigan and Ohio State, oh, you're, you're, you're having – outdoor games in January? Get the heck out of here with that. <laughs> well, and, and never mind the fact that a lot of the prominent players would say, no thanks. I'm not jeopardizing my NFL future to come play uh, in, in the spring either and what you're doing to your own product and your own league if you don't. And the other unintended ramifications, and Kirk Ferentz was talking about this, and then Brian will move on as we talk with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Always love his insight. Kirk Ferentz said, we got to be really concerned that they're going to raid our players that the other conferences that are playing are going to raid uh, transfers and that guys may be granted eligibility immediately to transfer because their program is not playing. That's another big consequence that the, the that I know it's not on the high-priority list, but if you're talking about the integrity of keeping your players and your program for 2021 and 2022, it could be open season here in the next couple of weeks on transfers. Let's... Uh, Let's see about. I don't know if you have one final thought on that before we move on to the NBA. Well, my one final thought to, and I, I get Kirk Ferentz's reaction, but it, it is somebody that is a senior, and even if they are allowed to come back next year, won't do it because they want to get on to their pro career. It would be extremely selfish of a Kirk Ferentz for or or, or who whatever coach that wouldn't want his senior to be able to go play his senior year somewhere else. It's not his player's fault that the comp, it's not Ferris's fault either, but I mean, it would be, you know, if you want the best for, if, if you're really treating your player, like you tell their parents, I'll treat him like my son when you're in the living room to try to sign him to a scholarship, you want him to be able to go play. So, um, yeah, that's what yep. I think about that. There you go. So let's see. Uh, what happens with that? And we already saw, as you mentioned before, a couple of these guys, Rashad Bateman, the outstanding wide receiver at Minnesota, had already said before the announcement, I'm not playing for safety reasons and for NFL future reasons. I'm, I'm not going to play this year. I'm going to sit out and I'm going to look to move on to the NFL. And you may have some other players, SEC, ACC, Big 12 included, that say the same thing coming up here. We'll, uh, we'll stand by. Uh, on that. All right, let's move on to the NBA, which is wrapping up the regular season portion of its resumption in the bubble. The playoff chase is great. At the time that we're taping, Damian Lillard, uh, Dame, 
He's got Dame. It's all he's on fire with now back to back games where he goes for fifty or more. Sixty one in the last game. Uh, incredible uh, run that Portland is on with this resumption. They've benefited from it in the West uh, with the resumption. But so too of the Phoenix Suns. And you're you're analyzing both of these teams and how they continue to cash tickets, not just win but also cover. So Brian Edwards, tell me more about the, those Western teams. Yeah, Phoenix, 7-0, and both straight up and, most importantly for our purposes, against the spread in their bubble games. They are absolutely on fire. Devin Booker is a future superstar, as Draymond Green knows well, and it cost him $50,000 <laughs> for commenting as such on TNT. Yeah, man, I, I we've been getting some really good games. I have, and we're getting day games for game. I mean, we've been without sports so long, and now we get day games to gamble on. It's been great. I've loved it. Hats up to the NBA. Uh, the bubble is working. And then, it's, <laughs> did you see the new rules released about uh, guests and they basically say no Instagram girls or side pieces? Uh, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, they're trying to restrict that. the bubble. Because they've been doing very well with no positive tests. They're trying to restrict this. And again, uh, they've still got a long process because the playoffs don't begin till next Monday. And that race for the eighth and the ninth spot looks like we're headed for the play-in thing that the NBA's been talking about. Right now, as we as we talk, Portland is in the eighth spot going into their Thursday game. Again, it's Three Dog Thursday. Portland playing the Nets Thursday night. The Suns playing in the afternoon. You may be hearing us on Three Dog Thursday. You already know the result of the Suns and the Mavericks. The Spurs are also a half game behind in the nine spot. They play the Jazz and the poor limping Grizzlies that had, what, a a, uh, a three-and-a-half game lead when this began. They've fallen apart. They play Milwaukee in the finale. And more than likely, there's going to be at least one team in a tiebreaker, probably two or three teams to emerge from a tiebreaker, uh, to have to play here. Uh, so, Brian, I mean, we got one day left to see the West resolve, and that's on Thursday for Three Dog Thursday purposes. Yeah, and the odds to to get the eighth seed and is uh, Trailblazers minus 250. The Suns are plus 300. And this is from Bovada, by the way. Grizzlies are 12 to 1. Spurs are 16 to 1. You mentioned Portland playing Brooklyn. Uh, you know, as your listeners know, we're recording Wednesday, but Brooklyn is sounding like they're going to play their, their you know, the, their remaining studs, if you will. Uh, but, but they have been kind of resting Joe Harris, Jared Allen, and Karis LeVert. They've had them sit a couple of games in the bubble, but they are all listed as probable tomorrow. But my guy, Chris Chioza, who's been terrific for them in the bubble is questionable because he uh, injured his groin yesterday on Tuesday. Uh, right. The Mavs play the Suns, but I don't know if Donkic and Porzingis are going to play because they played heavy minutes Tuesday in that great game. Wow. With Portland. Yep. And, and um, Spurs and Jazz, the Jazz do have uh, motivation to play pending the OKC result on Wednesday. And then Bucks Grizz, the Grizz are struggling so much without Jaron Jackson. I don't know that I even think that the Grizz would be favored over the Bucks second team sitting yep. on five guys. And we all already know Giannis is suspended, but would have rested anyway. Yeah, but keep an eye on the Suns again, as you said, seven and zero in the bubble and seven covers. Will they be favored in that game? The line not out right now. While Brian and I are talking, maybe they're an underdog against the Mavericks. We will see. Uh, on that and again uh, for the 8-9 just explain it real quick here they're gonna have a play-in they'll determine maybe with a tiebreaker who's the ninth team but the 8-9 will be playing and they're gonna do a weird uh, double elimination thing for the nine seed right yep the nine seed has to beat the eight seed twice the eight seed wins the first game it's over if they lose the first game that's okay they can win the second game and still get in so nine seed has to win twice the eight seed wins one and so they'll allocate that for this weekend if needed and then on monday start the playoffs one through eight in each conference uh let's see how that plays out with the nba and again you can check more on majorwager.com on the site uh what uh, brian edwards has to say about some of these different games and and spreads and, and in particular the underdogs that we love on three dog thursday 
Uh, All right, before we get to your UFC selections, UFC 252 coming up in Las Vegas on Saturday night, the ultimate fighting, the MMA. Uh, We wanted to cover last weekend in the PGA Championship win by rookie Colin Morikawa. I think he's locked up rookie of the year. Don't you? Don't everybody uh, that's out there in the Three Dog Thursday audience? He wins the PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco with a great final round, a great back nine, including a Brian Edwards-esque drive on the drivable par 4 16th. He put it right on the green and made a birdie, actually made an eagle putt. Uh, to basically vault him uh, to the win. So Morikawa's, uh, Morikawa's victory, uh, outstanding at only 23 years of, of age, uh, but it, it is bitterness for a better that plunked down a bunch of money on Dustin Johnson this past weekend in the PGA Championship. Brian Edwards, you guys wrote about this on MajorWager.com. Tell me more about him taking Dustin Johnson, this wagerer, and what happened. Yeah, so this gambler bet on DJ going, or, you know, he bet Saturday night or Sunday morning uh, when he had a one-stroke lead going into the final round. His odds were plus 275, and he didn't put on 100 to win 275. He put 350,000 to win around a million, and he lost 350 large. Wow. So he put that down just as a final round bet and was trying yeah. to win trying to win what with 350 grand? Uh well, whatever 350 grand at a plus 275 price is, gotcha. I mean, it's almost 3 to 1, so around a million. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh give or take, he, give or take uh 50 60, 80 grand. Yeah, what well, you know, just just pocket change for Brian Edwards. He was trying to win that much, but instead is out the rest because Dustin Johnson. I, I keep coming back to this, and I've done golf on PGA Tour Radio on Sirius XM and, and, and called golf play-by-play and been around Dustin Johnson and been around the game for the past uh, 15 years or so uh, working for those guys and calling golf events and, and watching it and, and being a fan and an interested observer. Dustin Johnson continually looks the same no matter if he's winning or losing, but it's a bad look when you're in the throes of what's going on if you look like you don't care and at times he looks like he doesn't care and that and I'm not saying that he doesn't I'm saying the body language he gives off and we see this in other sports uh, where guys get disinterested especially in professional sports Brian Edwards but Dustin tends to epitomize the uh, indifferent I don't care if I win I'm a made man I've got my millions I've won some major championships I've got uh, Paulina Gretzky. I've got kids. Yes, it doesn't matter to me if I hang on and win this major chance. You hate to say that, but it almost seems that way. So uh, anyway, they can, they can read more about it on uh, MajorWager.com about the better that lost that kind of money trying to bet the underdog with Dustin Johnson in the final round of the PGA. All right, UFC. UFC 252 for Saturday night. They are in Vegas. Pay-per-view. Give me a, an insider or two on a couple of fights and maybe an underdog. What do you have? Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com. Yeah, so we got a lightweight uh, fight between Jim Miller, and I might get the pronunciation wrong, on Vink Paquel. Okay, Miller is 3-1 and one in his last four fights and 4-2 and two in his last six, and all four wins uh, came by first-round submission. So I like the prop bet for Jim Miller, who has the most submission wins in UFC history, to win by submission for a plus 305. Nice little payout. And then under two and a half rounds, gets us uh, an underdog plus 110 payout. So there's two underdog uh, odds plays. Jim Miller, the under in his fight, plus 110. And the prop to win by submission at plus 305. And I will also recommend uh, the under, it's minus 110, though. I don't know if that qualifies, but it's a heavyweight fight. Junior Dos Santos against Jorenzo Rosenstrike, who has eight first-round finishes in 11 career fights. The main event is a pick on Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. I slightly lean Miocic. And uh, if you want to do a parlay, I think Jim Miller, Sean O'Malley, and Jorenzo Rosen strike. Uh, I didn't go to the parlay calculator and figure it, but I think it would get back at least plus 230 to plus 250. 
Yes, no doubt about that. And they can find out more about the underdogs uh, there at MajorWager.com, Brian Edwards, uh, with that information. And they need to stay engaged with you, your social media, because the Thursday play out of the NBA regular season and leading to that 8-9 game in the West, the 8-9 play-in situation, the extra tournament that they're going to play, they need to stay engaged all through the weekend for a lot of reasons on the site, whether it's UFC uh, 252, the NBA, the breaking college football news, uh, the the ever-evolving odds that are going on in all of these different sports. They need to stay locked in, right? Tell them more. Absolutely, and we'll have uh, full coverage of all TJ just spoke of uh, at MajorWager.com, where you can follow us on Twitter at MajorWagerUno. You can follow me at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter and uh, you can always email me Brian with an I Brian E. Edwards 11 at gmail.com thanks for having me CJ have a great weekend man and there we go always love the insight of Brian Edwards again MajorWager.com MajorWagerUno on Twitter great information in and around all the games with injuries who's playing who's not playing for these NBA games as you listen on Three Dog Thursday for this weekend or for the uh, games that are being the playoffs when the best of uh, seven series are cranking up next week uh, for the NBA, uh, the UFC fights, etc. Love Brian's insight. Still to come, our roundtable with Dan Leach from Detroit from the 97.1 The Ticket, the FM Sports Radio Station, Matt Zimmick, TrojanWire.com, the USA Today website, Chris Stewart, Alabama Crimson Tide Sports Network will be here from Birmingham on the roundtable. Stand by for much more discussion on college football that shall be coming up. For the moment, though, we'll tell you about some of our our sponsors, including MyBookie.ag. Okay, did you get some uh, wagers down already on the Major League Baseball that has started up or the NBA and the NHL that's resumed? If not, why not? You've got a chance to be cashing in right now, including with the boxing and the fights. And MyBookie has got their deposit match bonus back with a special offer right now here as part of this podcast of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows. And the best thing about MyBookie is not only this deposit bonus, but when you bet, you win and they pay. So again, whether you're looking over the NBA and what's going to happen here with the Lakers or the Bucks or the Clippers, how about the Trailblazers or Red Hot? Bet on all the games as it's unfolding. National Hockey League that's going on. MyBookie.ag. Join up today if you never have, and my bookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks. Just enter the promo code SGP, get a promo code offer of a thousand dollar match. You put 500 in, they'll put 500 to match it. 750 or a thousand, they'll match it, whatever it is. Remember, Make those wagers, live in-game betting, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, the fights this weekend. It's all available at mybookie.ag, promo code SGP. You bet, you win, they pay with mybookie. And we're brought to you in part by DraftKings. The hits literally keep coming, not just in boxing, but MMA. From one event to the next, they grow in excitement and anticipation. And UFC 252 is no different. Uh, That is coming this weekend, and there's no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings. And for new users, you've got a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried this yet, it's easy to wager on all sports, including the MMA. For the MMA, just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up the points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to spend your evening watching the MMA than trying to win a million bucks in total prizes with DraftKings. So if MMA, though, isn't for you, DraftKings has got other fantasy contests involving the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, boxing, you name it. It's all part of DraftKings. So go get the app now. Use our promo code SGP. Get the free shot at $1 million in total prizes for this weekend's UFC 252 contest. The promo code is SGP for the free shot at a million bucks if it's your first deposit and it's only at DraftKings. By the way, a minimum $5 deposit is required. There are eligibility restrictions that do apply. You can see DraftKings.com for more details, but go download the app. Go take your shot at a million bucks with DraftKings. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. If you want to get an advantage over your sports book with the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball back in action, you need to download this app, BetQL. QL. It's the only app you need to make smart bets this season. And they've got some great algorithms, a best bet algorithm that has thousands of data points 
to give you the top information and the best recommendation on what to wager on. Uh, Whether you're talking about the NBA games, whether you're talking about the UFC pay-per-view this weekend, whether you're talking about the fights that we're talking about on Big Fight Weekend, you go to BetQL, you pick from all of the different uh, data points and recommendations. They're giving you great info, great sharp data to help you make the bet. You can even see where most of the betting public is betting if you want to go the opposite direction. And with BetQL, if you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, or West Virginia, you can claim an exclusive offer from sportsbooks and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Again, if you're in Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, West Virginia, a special offer awaits you with BetQL. Go to the Apple Store, go to the Google Play Store, download it, enter the promo code SGP, by the way, and you get 20% off your initial subscription. So even more incentive for BetQL. Remember the promo code is SGP20 and take 20% off with BetQL. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace Per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. And Three Dog Thursday does continue. It is the video roundtable. I've enlisted some more great guests. Again, if you're only hearing us, if you've subscribed on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, find the video, the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page, social media link. You will see all of the guys on the roundtable, including my man Dan Leach with 97 won the ticket, the FM sports station in Detroit. He's smiling right now, but it's it's not pretty right now for the Big Ten and for your Michigan Wolverines. But it's good to have you nonetheless, my friend, Mr. Leach. It's great to be here with my new best friends, Matt and uh, Chris. But yeah, it's it's uh it's not been fun these last couple of days because I'm a huge Big Ten football guy, huge Wolverine fan, and not being there. I mean, we're gonna probably be there with fans of the fall anyway, but not having football at all. Very depressing. Yeah, it's disappointing. We're going to try to talk through this. It's almost like group therapy. All the way out west in Phoenix, Arizona, he oversees the USC Trojan Wire site for USA Today. Longtime college football national writer with the College Football News. Also has helped out with Florida Football Insiders and a couple of other publications. He is Matt Zimmick. Uh, Mr. Zimmick, I wish we had better news, but for the Pac-12, it's not, it's not looking real good right now either. Yeah, I'm, I'm the editor of Trojan's Wire in August, but I don't know if I will be in September. <laughs> We're all day, reality. day to day and week to week. And a man that epitomizes that is my man, Chris Stewart, another sideline brother from another mother from the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, radio broadcast for football. Also, Crimson Tide basketball broadcast. Good to have you on the round table. And uh, it's good that you're making not so nice with the Ohio State fans. Leach will compliment you for that because you pipes at some Buckeyes uh, on social media I saw. We'll get to that coming up. How they you doing, Chris? Wasn't my intent, but if I could make some people happy in the process, that's fine. Okay, so let's get to it. Let's get to the discussion. Uh, all right, let's begin with the, with the scheduling mayhem. Reactions from everybody. I guess, Dan, first to you, we'll go the how surprise route. How surprised are you that the Big Ten didn't wait, didn't delay, just said no football this fall? Well, TJ, you and I have actually talked about this for, for months now, and, and I, I hate that I'm right. I was hoping I was wrong. I'm not surprised at all because I said this from months and months ago that, first off, I didn't think there was going to be baseball, hockey, basketball, anything. I'm glad the NBA bubble's working. Baseball's another story, and hockey's doing well as well. But I thought when it came to at least college football, when the president of Michigan, Dr. Mark Schlissel, who's a doctor, the president of Michigan State, who's a doctor, are talking about if there's no on-campus classes, there's no fall sports. I just didn't see it happening with so many unknowns, so many moving parts. You see, you know, it's tough enough getting 
NBA players safe in a bubble, 15 to a team. You've got 70-plus student athletes, plus coaches, plus trainers, plus everybody else. So as much as I was hoping I was wrong, I did not think there'd be college football. So I kind of, I guess, protected myself, prepared myself, because I'm so I, I love it so much anyway. Uh, but when it, the, the delay part that you brought up, that was surprising to me because I know officially they're saying it's a postponement. They could play in spring, but it ain't happening in the fall. And, and I guess maybe not waiting a little longer was a, a tad surprising. But when it comes to the Big Ten and it comes to the strong words from guys like Schlissel, the president of Michigan, and some of the other, other schools, only Iowa and Nebraska in that boat voted to play. They'll play if it's, I don't know, there's a hurricane going on. But I, I just look at it as it, it sucks, but it's the right decision. And you cannot put kids that are – I know we've lost the term student-athlete for a long time. It's really kind of athlete-athlete these days. But they are student-athletes. You can't put them at risk. You can't put others at risk. And that's why I think the Big Ten made the right decision as of now. I mean, obviously things can change the fluid situation down later in the year and obviously in the spring. Uh, but it's, it sucks. It does suck. And, you know, they had already been with the schedule out. Kevin Warren, the commissioner, Buckeyes, Michigan wasn't going to be the last game of the year. Michigan State was going to open in Ann Arbor, not play against Michigan. It was all crazy. But in the end, it was the right call for now. And that's just kind of where we're living in COVID-19 right now. All right, so there's Dan's opinion on that. The Pac-12 followed suit, Matt Zimmick, and said, we're not doing this either for this fall. Same how surprised question to you. How surprised they didn't delay? They're saying we're not playing. Well, you know, the, the, the uh, Western United States and more specifically the West Coast, you have a lot of blue states. Uh, the Pac-12 is a, more, is a bluer power five conference i think the widespread national perception i mean i live in the west but i'm you know i i follow everybody what everybody's saying across the country it was pretty widely felt that if that if a conference was going to quit on football for the fall the pac-12 was going to be either if not first it was going to be at the forefront so not a surprise at all really okay so to chris stewart you're in the South. I'm in the South. It's ingrained in you about the SEC, et cetera. So for a distant uh, person like what we are, were you shocked at this early in the week that they didn't delay from our outside perspective? I, I'm not stunned that the conferences have made the moves that they have. I think one thing we've learned is countries a whole lot bigger than, uh, than maybe we think of it as being. Our conferences might be too big in terms of how they're spread out. Because I think you've got some, you've got different areas, different, uh, different interests that you're seeing now beyond just the TV dollars, which is where all of this really came from. But you know, Matt's right. Matt hit it on the head. It's become political. That's what it is more than as much as anything else. I won't say more, but I think it's as much as anything else. Uh, and in the people who are making the decisions at the respective schools. And you can pick whatever side you want to, but I think they're, they're going with what their heart tells them, but also with what they, their constituents, by and large, want to hear. I know that's not exactly the case in Michigan or Ohio, but I, I think by and large, maybe not even from the people that are directly involved with the sports themselves, this is what we're seeing. Mm. All right. So interesting. Let's go back to the Michigan angle and Jim Harbaugh. He reacted. And Dan, you know this. This is sports radio gold for you guys up in the upper Midwest and in Michigan. He reacted very quickly. He reacted very angrily uh, here. And I'm going to show the statement that uh, and, and hopefully you can read this pretty well here. The statement, if not, I'll, I'll just kind of zoom in on the high points. Uh, he put this statement out, guys, and basically said that we've had two positive tests out of the last 417 administered. We've had zero out of the last 353. Zero tests positive among the coaches or the staff in eight weeks. There's no contact, uh, contact tracing to our fields, our weight room, our locker room, our facility. Basically, he's saying we've worked hard at this. We can play. We want to play. He even quoted Teddy Roosevelt at the yeah. bottom so that our place will not be among the cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. They want to go play. All right. Uh, what do you make of that there, uh, Dan Leach? I think it's better than 
Oh, it's calling on Normandy and saying, hey, <laughs> losses in Normandy. Why don't we play college ball? Matt, Matt, you're right, too. And I hate this, that it has become political, mask-wearing sports, et cetera. But it even goes deeper than that. And, and I was doing a live show when the Big Ten report first came out. And Harbaugh just – he didn't do the full statement yet. But he we basically were told he was running down the hallways of Schenbeckler Hall screaming, let us play we can do it. Let me, let me put it this way. And this is where I'm at with all of it, and I've said this the whole time. I hope I'm wrong, but we're, we're dealing with a novel virus, a novel coronavirus that there is no proven treatment and no vaccine for. And, and I saw the things he just pointed out there, the, 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 the you know, positive tests and how low things are, and I get all that. But let's take Major League Baseball, for example. Major League Baseball, 25-man rosters, coaches, all that kind of stuff. They started, and there was like no, no positive tests right before they were coming out of the, the kind of spring or summer training, starting into the, the regular year for the 68th season. Then they started traveling, and four teams, including the Cardinals, entire team almost, was positive for COVID. So you could have all your, you know, encapsulated things, be in your, you know, bubble, if you will, in Ann Arbor or wherever it's at, or whatever school it is out in the Pac-12 or in the SEC or Big 12, whatever it is. But then once you start traveling, it's going to become a disaster. Because it's not 25 players. It's like 120 people. So I understand, We believe me, we want to play football. I wish we could play football. But right now, to me, and maybe I'm the only one that feels this way in this group, it makes no sense to me. Because these are kids. They're not being paid, at least from what we know, allegedly not being paid. Right. And they should be. But they're student athletes. And it's one of these things where, you know, what, what, what matters most? Is it life? Is it playing sports? Is it TV ratings? Like, this, this can happen in the future. Football isn't going away. We're not ending the sport. It's a matter of postponing things and pushing them until things are much safer. But, right, hang on, hang on. Isn't there an argument if you're a senior, this is the end for you, sure. potentially? And yeah, if Trevor this is Lawrence, your final, you know, just I mean. Fields, I get it, but listen, are there worse things than, and, and uh, most of those seniors won't play in the NFL. What are the worst things for Trevor Lawrence to be the overall number one pick and just not having to play and get injured? Like, I understand that. And, yes, there's going to be some frustrating things for the, the you know, the fifth-string tight end or the third-string wide receiver that worked his butt off but will never sniff the NFL. I get that. But, once again, I go back to this. This is not an easy situation for anybody around the world, yet alone this country. We've got to prioritize. And if I'm being the evil Gargamel right now by prioritizing the right thing to do, then that's me. And TJ, you know me. I know I'm just meeting my great friends Matt and Chris, but I'm a super positive guy. I'm the opposite of this normally, but to me it makes no sense to play college football right now. And you've made that clear here in our conversation. You're hearing the voice of Dan Leach. Again, if you're only hearing us, find the video podcast of Three Dog Thursday. These guys have been gracious enough to sit with me on the Zoom and on the video here. Dan Dan didn't know what he was getting into with this much uh, on-camera time. Uh, So find uh, Leach on Twitter at uh, at Leach971. Uh, you were close. You were close. Dan Leach 97. Dan Leach 97. One for Dan the station. And the task force as well as his show, which we'll plug again in a second. Matt Zimmick uh, as well is with me. You find him at Matt Zimmick on social media. And Chris, I believe I have it correct. It's C. Stewart Sports, correct? For yours. Was I close? On the social media? Uh, you know, I don't even remember anymore. I think so, yes. Chris, <laughs> Where's my card? Chris is trying to ditch. Chris is trying to ditch the Twitter account because Ohio State fan has been piling on so much. He doesn't even want to participate uh, there with that. But, yes. I think – what are we looking for? Yes, go with that. Yes, we will go with C. Stewart Sports. Yes, why not? On online. Find him there as well. All right, so Matt Zimmick, you wrote something interesting, and this is going to kind of dovetail – as we continue along here into the SEC discussion, you wrote on the USC Trojan Wire, and I'm putting it up again on the screen for those that are looking for the podcast here. Um, I, I want them to, to be able to see this as well. So, You're like uh, me. You don't have as many windows open as I do. Oh, I know. <laughs> Lord, it's, it, it's crazy Careful. how many that I do have. Yes. I have like 140. That's yes, right. and so you have written uh, Mr. There was a smaller screen with a, with a smaller number of tabs. Yeah, no doubt. But you have written uh, on your uh, Trojan Wire site that basically this is a moment for the SEC and Greg Sankey. Are they going to blow the whole thing up or, or not with trying to play? You feel that strongly about it. So go ahead and give me a little more on that. 
Well, like, I don't know what the SEC wants to do, but I think that, you know, it's certainly a talking point among people in the South. I mean, because I interact with them on Twitter. I mean, this is a conversation point right now that the Big Ten, by becoming the first Power Five team to quit on fall football, it's making itself less nationally relevant. That is an argument. That's not my opinion, but like, it's, some, it's a talking point many people are talking about. And so it's certainly a valid question to ask. Doesn't mean we need to have a specific answer or that an answer is empirically right or wrong or informed or ill-informed, but just it's a legitimate question to put forth. If the SEC plays and has a season with minimal incident or disruption, boy, how big an effect is that going to have on Big Ten recruiting? You know, our top-end recruits that might get uh, pulled in different directions might consider Ohio State or Penn State, uh, are they going to now, you know, would they then change to uh, the SEC toward Alabama, LSU, Georgia? You know, would the SEC skim a, a, a significant subsection of recruits that have been considering going to Ohio State? Or, or would the SEC then gain an extra level of dominance over and against Ohio State? And might the Buckeyes revert to you know, not not the outhouse, but maybe to like a John Cooper level where they always they weren't always the giant killers that they are now. So the SEC could pursue that, you know, and be given the possible benefit. But if the SEC does pursue it and then gets caught in a COVID trap, you could see that boomerang back in the SEC's face and the Big Ten and Ohio State could look better. So that is a big political economic drama right now facing the SEC. And it's going to be fascinating to see that play out in the next several weeks. So that's because well, clearly, really quick, I was going to say, Matt, is there a reason you're not talking about Michigan with Ohio State? I, I guess I, we don't deserve that. I can't. Can we? I don't think we can. No. Yeah. Not right now, no, reality. because Har- Harbaugh still has the goose egg next to the name with respect to playing Ohio State. Uh, but yeah, in any of is, is another year, he goes zero six. Yeah, so yeah, he's not going to beat him this year apparently either. Uh, but the point that you're making is the SEC's at the forefront here, and that dovetails into Chris Stewart. Uh, I was showing the article, by the way, there that you wrote on Trojan Wire while you were talking. So, so Chris, a lot of eyes on the SEC as being at the forefront, along with the ACC, on trying to play games here. Say something about that because clearly, right now, it's fluid. That's the plan. They want to try to play in September. I think, uh, they want to. Pl- they want to try and play. Not that the pack. 12 didn't want to try and play, not that the Big Ten didn't want to try and play. I think the argument, and this gets back to what we were talking about earlier, you've got, you've got one far extreme that says, no way we can play, that, that we're saying it a month ago. You've got others who have been saying from the start of this, you know, damn the torpedoes, here we go, we're going to play right. on, on the other end. And, and you've got most of us that are somewhere closer to the middle. And I, I think what many of us feel certainly in this part of the country, is we may not be able to play, but why did you have to make the decision now? Why, why could we not wait? Now, the, some are saying the numbers are not going to get any better. Okay. But there are others, especially in my part of the country, that are going, okay, if the numbers overall are not going to get better, but there's no proof that they're going to get worse, how long do we stay in the house before we come out? Right. And if we're going to go to class anyway, if we're going to go to school anyway, you know, I've got, I've got three kids, guys. I've got a, uh, a sophomore in college who is, is going to be spending time in class. They're going to, uh, I think, divide some of that up with virtual class. I've got a high school kid who's going to be the same way, two days in school, three days virtual. But I've got a, an elementary school child that we'd already made the decision that we were going to have him at home for virtual schooling the entire time because of the fact we don't trust other nine-year-old kids to stay out of his face, which is right. what most people are saying. Wear your mask. Do what you're supposed to do. Take some personal responsibility with this. I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to play or not. But what I do know is that the feeling is a lot better in the parts of the country where there's, they haven't ruled it out yet, then they have where you guys are, where they've already said, uh, no, we're not going to do it. Interesting from Chris Stewart. And, and, a, and a good point that should be made here, too, while, while Leach was going uh, on and on about all the doctors that are presidents of the Big Ten universities, 
Uh, they are not suspending in-school, on-campus class attendance and class learning. So students are going to be going and potentially spreading depending on mass, no mass, whatever. And they're saying still to the football teams, you can meet, you can practice, you can be around each other, you can still have your meetings, but you're not going to play games. At least from my standpoint, the Pac-12 and the California schools that are in the Pac-12 they aren't on campus, they're all virtual, and to my knowledge, they're not going to be able to get together and practice if they're not playing. I don't know what they're going to do, but it doesn't seem like that they're going to be able to. So uh, there's uh, one more point on that. All right, one more for the group around the, uh, around the table here. You may not be uh, familiar with this, but Chris put this out there, and I'm going to show this. All the talk about the college football playoff and whether or not we would have a college football playoff or not, so I'm going to share what Chris put out there, that the CFP has not exactly really needed uh, either the Big Ten or the Pac-12. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, Matt. Uh, it, when you look at that litany right there of the previous participation in this, in, in the last few of these that the Big Ten's been involved, that's not exactly stellar there for Michigan State, Washington, or Ohio State twice. And then, and then you had Buckeye fan like coming over the top rope on you, Chris Stewart, after you put that out there on social to. media. Attempting to. They came out with a foreign object, and I, I ducked out of the way, and thankfully the referee made him put it out of their hand. No, the, the point is, first of all, we got a small – if you're talking about the grand history of things, we got a small sample size in terms of the college football playoff. But my point is if you can't – if you think you can't claim a national champion, okay, if you can't claim a national champion, you've got three-fifths of the Power Five that are playing and going just off the recent history, here, here are what the numbers are. And the reality is going to the start of this back in, what, 2014, 2015, your championship game consisted of the Pac-12 versus the Big Ten. Ohio State won it. But since then, there's only been one victory, I think, between the two conferences – in among the, I guess, what would that be? The other 17 games right. taking place uh, uh, among those. So whatever the, the math is, I had that in the, the tweet. And that's all I was saying. You can still claim one. You can still have a national champion if those two conferences choose not to play. It'd be really tough if it's simply the ACC and the SEC. Right. The Associated Press can vote or, or whoever wants to. You know, we can go with the, uh, the Birmingham News and the uh, AJC. <laughs> can pick them if they want Trojan to. Wire will have a vote from USA Today. Leach exactly. will do a poll on his radio show. Well, the yeah, other thing that is, too. That, that, it reeks of UCF, though. I mean, I understand that, you know. UCF's not allowed. We've already said. We, uh, we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do away I mean, with. Three-fifths is, is, is better than zero-fifths, but you're missing you. two. There's only five power five conferences. So you no, can just write a put, put an asterisk by it if you want. Just give us the trophy. Yeah, if, right, if it ends up. If it ends up. Well, and here's, here's the point I want to make on this. Yeah, all right, one second. One second, everybody's going at once. Matt Zimmick, go. Yeah, so here's the point I want to make on this. As a Western guy, as a Pac-12 guy, I'm, I really don't have a beef with having semifinals and a championship game and a national champion. That's okay. But don't put it within the college football playoff. Don't call it that. Call it the amended playoff. Call it the adjusted playoff. You know, that this is a temporary thing. Don't use my goddamn Rose Bowl, <laughs> Pac-12 and the Big Ten. No, they're going to put this in a high school stadium. And the SEC to play, okay? Don't We're, do that. Don't soil my Rose Bowl like that. Don't your own playoff and call it your own thing. Just do that. Go ahead, Chris. That's just what I want. I understand. We are going to come to Pasadena. If there is such a thing, though, we're going to play at Pasadena High, and in a hundred years, we ain't telling anybody we didn't go to the Rose Bowl. Hey, they played the Rose Bowl one year okay. in Durham, North Carolina, because of this thing called World War II and the fear uh -huh. of an attack. Yep. And they and they played in a tiny stadium, so it can it can happen. And and one more thing that's on this, it's important, and you guys know this. This is all fluid. Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska, Iowa. Penn State, they all ain't happy, and they may find a way to play before this is over and it's may be part of this. So yeah, and, and that, well, we'll see. But they may, they may do their own thing and may play a hodgepodge leech of schools like AAC schools, Sunbelt sure. schools, and others that want to play them. 
if they could do it, I'd love it. But I just feel like all these pieces are flying apart like, you know, Thanos and Avengers. I, I, everything's <laughs> turning to dust. You've got to – I understand that people want to play, but we, it's, we're going to be able to play football again, I promise. The okay. world's not ending. We're not going to Normandy and losing 50,000 troops. So <laughs> I know it sucks. I know that some of these schools want to play on their own. Maybe at the end it's just the SEC playing themselves. But – I just – right now it doesn't feel – as you mentioned, TJ, it's a fluid situation. And by the way, back to your thing about Michigan, a lot of Michigan is not going to be on campus, by the way. There's a lot of stuff in the Big Ten that will not be – as far as in-campus learning, uh, we, 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 there's a lot to figure out about that. But it's just – as much as we want it, we've, got to, we've also got to be fitful and be smart about it too. I'm with you on that. we got to get out of here in a moment or two. By the way, I'll share the screen here and plug away for Dan Leach uh, as well on uh, his show, The Task Force, as part of uh, 97 Won the Ticket and what you're doing on video. The most recent episode of The Task Force with Dan Leach has, has my man with, uh, with Mike Breen out of the NBA bubble talking NBA basketball and playoffs. There's the plug, Leach, right there for The Task Force. Very similar setup to what we're seeing on this video conversation right out of the same room. Not exactly the same shirt, but there's Mike Breen on with you. And so we say to the audience, go check out the task force, Dan Leach. You see the Twitter handle right there or follow Dan Leach at Dan Leach 97-1 for 97-1, the ticket. Did I do proper there by the plug, Mr. Leach? 100 million percent. And I have six shirts and I rotate them. So I got a shirt for everything. So it's on <laughs> Find Matt Zimmick at Trojan Wire uh, writing about USC. Just a quick, a quick answer. Is USC not playing football at all? You don't believe they're going to play at all? Done. Tommy Trojan, that's it. No, Zimmick? St stick a fork. Wow on Tommy Trojan being done. And Chris Stewart in Alabama. We believe the SEC is going to play. Again, he hosts the Nick Saban TV show. Let's hope we get some kind of football. Great to have you on here as well. And we'll, we're going to try to remain optimistic that we get something, right? As of today, we still have a season. That's all we're trying to get through is today, man. Good to be on with you guys. I appreciate the you having me. The only thing we know is that we don't know. I keep saying that on Three Dog Thursday. That's for sure. My thanks to Dan Leach. My thanks also to Matt Zimmick and Chris Stewart on the video roundtable. Find the video roundtable on YouTube. My thanks also to Brian Edwards earlier with me handicapping away on Three Dog Thursday. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Find the video again through YouTube. Thank you, boys. Great job. And we thank the audience for being with us on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.